everybody. Welcome to the Daily Community Meetup. It is Wednesday, April Fool's Day, and I have no jokes for you today. Well, I always have jokes, but I have no joke. We have Jarek Robbins joining us today, and he. I'm recording this intro after the meetup because I want everyone to make sure they listen to this. If you've started listening, like keep listening. This is such a valuable, valuable hour with him, and I don't want you to miss out on it. Um, during the live meetup, I read a little part of the year of no nonsense, which seems weird. Like, why would you read your own book? But it really goes to what Jarek was talking about in today's talk, breaking up with the lies that we've been told. Since the beginning of our lives, we've been lied to. Lies may not always come from bad places, but lies are happening and they're flying fast and furiously. They're told by our parents, our teachers, our friends, the government, the media, our employers and coworkers, and people on Instagram. If our pets could lie, they would lie too. By the way, we also lie to ourselves. By lying to ourselves, we are also lying to everyone else around us. The depths of all the lies and omissions allow us to understand that some of our current state is not our fault, but at the same time, we can see what is our fault, which begs the question of if we truly need one more thing to beat ourselves up for. Probably not. But we do have responsibility in it all, and that can suck. So when we've had all these lies that we've been told and we're trying to figure out what's our fault and what's not our fault and where is our responsibility in all of this, it comes down to a lot of our core beliefs and how we function in the world and how we operate in the world based off of what we believe. But sometimes life is a struggle. And right now we're particularly struggling very hard with what's going on. And so the point of these meetups is to, you know, meet with <laughs> to meet, to meet with people and to communicate and to have this sense of community, but also to, how can we learn from each other during this time? How can we um, get ways to get through this and to change our mental state and to change our habits and the things that are bothering us? I woke up really rough today. I did not feel good when I woke up. I, I was somewhat angry. Um, I had this like low boiling sense of dread and like cruddiness. And it was interesting after this hour I spent with, Sure, one a great motivational speaker, um, Jarek Robbins, and it, it changed me. Like it changed my my state. It changed my gratitude when I got off the call. I just cried because I felt this huge sense of of gratitude and relief, and joy and sadness all at once. <laughs> Um, but that's what life is. Life is, is experiencing these emotions in real time and doing doing our best and doing what we can to to snap out of the bad emotions, but not in a way that is like fake, but in a way that is like, what have I learned from this? And how can I feel this? And how can I experience this at its fullest? And I think Jarek did an incredible job of bringing this all together. I know he did for me. So I just wanted to let you guys know that this is definitely probably one of the most important meetups or podcasts that I've ever put out there. And it's not because I put it out there. It's because um, of our special guest, <laughs> of course, um, but very valuable. And I, and I hope you all get some value from it. So enjoy this episode from the bottom of my heart <laughs> and have um, a great, a great day. It's, it's going to be a good day. Thanks, y'all. Hi, and welcome to the Same 24 Hours podcast. I'm Meredith Atwood, author of the book, The Year of No Nonsense. I'm a former attorney turned writer, speaker, and Ironman triathlete. Although right now, all I really like to do is lift weights. We all have the same 24 hours, but it's what we do in those hours that leads to our greatest health, happiness, and success. 
It's my goal to crack the code on a life of less nonsense so we can all make the most of our 24 hours. So let's get started. I'm going to hit record. I I forgot to do that earlier, so no one's here to hear me ramble anyway. So, Jarek, I'm going to unmute you. Thank you for entertaining my um, introduction to my community meeting, and thank you most of all for being here. That was great. I enjoyed it. <laughs> thank you. When did you last stop and breathe? You probably have a great routine, though, don't you? Man, I was doing 20 minutes of breathing this morning. I'm on a new breath work pattern by friend of mine, Dr. Leah Lagos. Um, she's written a book. It'll be out in like May. She sent me an advanced copy. She's a biofeedback specialist. And she was showing me how, um, I don't know if I can get the picture up there for you, how she, she's been working with, here, I'll throw it up there and I'll show you. Oh, maybe not. I can't do screen sharing. Uh, <laughs> but she, basically, if you imagine like a heart heartbeat, um, a golfer might start off at 95 beats a minute and then, oh, cool. I think I made you co-host, so I think you can share now. Amazing. I'm going to throw this up here and see if this will work. Oh, there we go. Uh, so imagine there's a golfer who, you know, normal pro golfer starts off heart rate is like 95 beats per minute. And then, you know, here's where they take their swing. And, you know, they're thinking about their swing, things are going, they're about to swing, and then their heart rate's like right here. And then after their swing, let's say it didn't go well. Um, afterwards, their heart rate rises to like, let's say 105 beats per minute afterwards. And so that's not good because that puts them in fight or flight. It takes away their fine motor skills, which is the ability to adjust their golf club really well. And then it cuts off the prefrontal cortex, the ability for them to have logical decisions. Um, and, and so their golf game now goes, uh, or like this, after that, it doesn't turn out very well. Um, just mainly because they, you know, in a light stage of fight or flight, they're freaking out and they're emotionally reacting to the situation, which makes the rest of the day worse. Um, she has this 10 week protocol with them where for most people it's resonance breathing, but for most people it's somewhere right around four seconds in, eight seconds out. And mm -hmm. it's doing it for 20 minutes a day, uh, two times a day. So once in the morning, once at night for 10 weeks. Wow. It's a really long period of time. I'm on week <laughs> That's three a long of that. Time. <laughs> I'm on week three of that right now. The app I found, which is free, is called Breathe. I don't know if you've seen this one. It's so simple. It's just, you set it up, you, you know, do all the little things and you turn it on. I just, I've got this really pretty flower and it gets bigger when you breathe in and then it gets smaller as you breathe out. And she said, stare at the flower the whole 20 minutes. Cause it's causing your brain to stay engaged. Yeah. So it's keeping your brain engaged and it's, it's your heart rate will go up when you breathe in your heart rate will come down when it breathe out. Um, she has protocols in week three, four, where you think of things that have irritated you on the breath in. And then you think of releasing it on the breath out. And what happens is naturally, your heart rate will rise as you think of it. And then when you choose to let it go, your heart rate will naturally drop, which is what you're aiming for. And so over time, you'll think of an irritant in life, something that irritates you, your heart rate will come up, you'll go, and it'll just drop right back down to normal. And so after 10 weeks of working with this lady, 
you know, their heart rate starts about the same. Um, it comes up a little cause she has a, a pre swing. You could call it a uh, breath pattern to use. They do the swing and then their heart rate comes like this and just stays right at like 95 wow. beats per minute, which is amazing. That makes sense. It makes sense. Yeah. Training, right? So I'm on week three of this 20 minutes, twice a day stuff and it's working. <laughs> wow. And so do you, very, um, very calm over here. Very calm. And then have you noticed, I know you work out and stuff. Have you noticed like increased aerobic capacity and all that? Ah, so I have a different one for that. So oh. as far as breath work, <laughs> um, there's another app, different group. Uh, it's called XPT. I don't know if you've yeah. seen this one, Extreme Performance Training. It's by Laird Hamilton and, and Gabby uh, Reese. Yeah, yeah. So the big wave surfer, which he needs amazing breath work if you're surfing a 75-foot wave and right. get smashed underwater for three minutes. <laughs> so, also known as parenting, but, you know, yeah, carry on. Same thing, <laughs> same thing. Um, and, and so in that one, you click the little breath section, you go to free, and then there's my favorite one, which is midday energizer. Okay. And so you just click it and it goes to this little thingy. Midday energizer. We're going to take a quick break from whatever you're doing. Maybe you're falling asleep at your desk. And he goes through it and he takes you on an eight minute breath journey where he starts out with like box breathing for a minute. And then he switches into like a breath of fire, like rapid breathing. Then he has you do a 60 second breath hold. Then he has you do like, it just takes you on this kind of rhythmic breath journey. And nice. by the end, you feel like you could literally like run up the hill. Like you're just full of energy. Eight minutes. Everyone's got eight minutes. Yeah. So he yeah, has a morning like one, that. an evening one, a bed one, a flying one, a travel one, an energizer one, a pre-workout one, a post-workout one. Like they're all free. There's just tons of them in there. You kind of just pick what you need and go with it. It's so useful. Awesome. That's awesome. So what are you working on right now? Like one of, one of the things I wrote down, um, I love, I've had this written down because I've talked to you before, but is every person you meet is either a warning or an example. And I think that's from your book. And I love that. And, and I actually, when I meet someone new, I'm like, hmm, warning or example, what are you? Um, but, you know, what are you working on right now? We can talk about that or, or what you're working on. Yeah, one thing I, I added to that is after a while of, and, and I'd like to say I'm non-judgmental, but when you're judging someone and if they're a warning or example, we're certainly stepping in the judgment in that moment. <laughs> so after judging lots of people, <laughs> uh, after judging lots of people, which isn't the kindest thing to do in the world, uh, I realized everyone is a warning and an example. <laughs> and I'm like, if you look close enough, they've got both. You just got to wait around long enough to see them. And, and you can see someone as a royal pain in the butt. And you're like, oh my gosh, I'd never want to turn out like that person. And then 17 seconds later, they do the kindest thing in the world. And you're taking notes of like, man, if I have nothing and I can still give like they can, my goodness, that's a beautiful example. Yeah. And, 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 and yeah. vice versa. You meet the sweetest person in your world and like, they're so great. And seven seconds later, you're like, I hope I never treat humans like they just did. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I've noticed too, like, that's an interesting point. A lot of it's communication style too. Like when you first oh. meet someone, you're like, oh my gosh, this person. But then you realize they just may communicate differently than you. And sometimes you're doing this weird dance. Totally. There's one of my favorite things. Um, uh, we have a short link you can use. It's absolutely free. It does not come to us. Um, it, it's the Barrett Value Center. It's a group out of London. Um, but the, we have a link. It's highperformancevalues.com. 
And it's this one page quiz where you drop on the page and it shows you like 50 words. And it says, pick 10 words that describe who you are. Okay. Done. And I'm, I always wait. I'm like, where's the next part of the quiz? It's like, it's it. It's over. And it sends you an email that feels like someone followed you for the last six months briefly, <laughs> and somehow knows almost everything about you. And you're like, how in the world did that just happen? And it's amazing. It, it, it's a group from, I think it was McKinsey and Co. It's like a few of those big consulting firms put this together and, and they created this algorithm that depending on the types of words you choose and which ones you choose, it's able to, to really identify a deep part of who you are. Now, that, that's kind of cool. And you read about yourself and you're like, wow, that's interesting. It really understands me. If you go to the first exercise in the little packet, it says pick three values that are most important to you. Describe a time or behavior when you're living according to these values. And then I think the next question is like, describe how you feel or what happens when, you're, when someone violates these values. If you circle that, that little section, I guarantee those behaviors of other people are the things that piss you off most in life. It's yeah. someone who's violated the rules you have for the values that you personally uphold. Meaning, like you said, you both may value um, being a good person, but to them being a good person is being blunt and upfront and always telling people if there's a red dot on their forehead. Yes, that's me. <laughs> the other person is like, you would never say it to their face. You politely pull them aside and write them a note to let them know. And even though you value the same thing, which is honesty and being a good person, because you have totally different rules of how to do it, you will avidly and regularly piss each other off. Right, <laughs> right. When you see the other person do it, you're like, that's not how you're supposed to do it. <laughs> and even though you value the same thing, I think yeah. that's happening a lot right now uh, because there's new rules being rolled without almost daily, depending on where you live in the world. And a lot of us are interpreting the rules and reading them of how they clearly are written and watching someone else behaviorally do something different than what we do. And what's fascinating about that, there are some clear violations where people are just not following the dang rules. But there's also people following them differently than how we follow them. And I was talking to a friend of mine in Toronto and she's like, I called the police station. I verified what the legal law is. And people are going overboard on attacking each other online right now because it's their interpretation of what it is and not the actual law. And I was like, ooh, when does that happen? That happens when we get into a place of fear because we get right. scared, we get tight. We want to protect what we have. The most important people and humans and, and parts of who we are, our life, our community, the things we value most. And then all of a sudden we, we get angry if we see people possibly accidentally or purposefully violating the things that are most important to us, our values. Yeah. And so what yeah. happens is I always look at that and let me throw this back on the screen. I think this is important. You know, I've learned fear kind of lives in three places. Let's see if it'll come back. There it is. Uh, fear lives in, you know, if we looked at fear, a lot of it right now. And, and, you know, fear lives in the mind. Fear lives in the emotions. And fear lives in the body. I think one thing that's fascinating is most of us, 
when we get fearful or scared. And a great example of this, if you've ever observed like a beautiful deer kind of eating in the field, so you're walking along, you look, you're like, oh, a deer. Oh, it's like, how exciting. And then you like go to go reposition yourself to get a picture or something. And you accidentally step on a twig and you go snap. <laughs> and the deer goes, that just like freezes. That's fight or flight. Like it's instantly just right there. And it's ready to either run like crazy or fight you. And then if you're not a threat, seven seconds later, it goes, and it just eats, it goes back to eating. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and so in that moment though, fear floods its body. Now, if you were to imagine we were the deer and something happens in our life that causes us to go, <gasps> now we were to focus on just the mind is what most people do. So we're like, <gasps> we're like, I'm happy, I'm strong, I'm confident, people like me and I'm a good person. I hate to say it, even though it's very useful, that doesn't bring us back out of fear. <laughs> Because our brain is saying one thing, our mouth is saying one thing, and our body is like, mm, nope, mm, <laughs> not how I feel right now. And so, you know, that, that's a miss on, on what's going on. And so we might try to solve it emotionally and be like, oh, put on my favorite song, you know, give myself a pep talk. Let's see if I get into it. And we still feel it in our body. Our heart rate's going, our palms are sweaty, like we're nervous. Now we start doing like nervous jitter things to each other. And the truth is the place where most people don't start, but we need to is the body and go, ah, if I feel fearful, it's because fear is physically in my body right now. And so we got to go, huh, what can we do to get fear out of the body? And something you did beautifully to start this, the breath, my goodness, it's one of the most powerful things that can reset the whole nervous system. Let's see if I can try that again. That arrow was not working. <laughs> it was fabulous. Um, the effort was great, Jared. I it like was, the effort you put it. It was strong effort, <laughs> strong effort and horrific of an error. <laughs> that was a better one. So we look at the breath. What can we do breathing-wise to get fear out of our body? Now, P.S., this is really important. For all the ladies on the – there's a couple of gentlemen and a handful of ladies here. For the la ladies, your body is built to do this way better than men's. Um, there's something biologically built into your nervous system that naturally self-soothes because your body is not able to take care of young ones if it's in a fight or flight mode. Um, I, I read a research piece that says if a mom's like um, feeding, uh, breastfeeding a child, if she goes into tense fight or flight, it cuts off the, the milk. And so naturally for the safety of the child, her body and mind will soothe itself so she can get back down the calm and feed a child. Wow. And, and you know, that's not every woman out there, but, but it's an interesting piece of like, it, it's wired. It's like, oh my gosh, that's amazing. Men, we don't have that. It's kind of a weird thing. Like if you've ever seen, uh, uh, and, and some women have this experience where something triggers you and like three days later, you're still like, <sighs> you know, you gotta go stare <laughs> at the wall for 30 minutes to let your brain cool down. It, yeah. it takes a while. Like it's, got, it's got to layer out. And what happens is there's a way to do that much more efficiently and effectively, which is breathing. Um, one of the simplest ways to do it with your breath, uh, a, a guy who studied the breath for 30 years taught me this. Uh, we can all try it together if you want. Let me take this off the screen, um, see if this is interesting. Uh, but, but really simply, it's just a slow inhale through your nose. So it's like... At the very top, we're going to fill up a little more. So like, 
and try to push a little more air in. And then what will happen is, you don't have to do it yet. Uh, and then what will happen is, <laughs> I saw some of you holding your breath to. already. We're all, we're I'm ready. like, we're this ready. is going to be a while. <laughs> um, at the top, we're going to hold it and then we're going to squeeze. We're going to squeeze our shoulders, squeeze our neck, squeeze our face, squeeze, like squeeze everything. So we're going to tight and then we'll count to five. And on five, we're going to release. And specifically, we want our head to go down, our shoulders to drop, our diaphragm to collapse and like push all the air out. So it'd be like, like all the air out at once. And we'll do it three times. Just real, real easy. So ready? In through our nose. Oh, before I start, one more thing. I'm so sorry. <laughs> On a piece of paper, just jot down how do you feel right now? Zero, exhausted, worn out, tired, frustrated, not so great. Ten, the best you've ever been. Just to see, you can judge scale-wise how it shifts just through three breaths. Okay, now we're ready. In through our nose. A little more at the top. And then squeeze. All the way out. <laughs> Big drop. In through our nose. A little more at the top. <gasps> Squeeze. All the way out. <laughs> One more time. In through our nose. A little more. <gasps> Squeeze. All the way out. <laughs> and then real quick in the comment section, how do you feel? Oh. Anything change? I feel woozy. <laughs> yeah. Better, whizzy, dizzy, tinglies, usually are things we hear. Up two notches, very nice. What happened? Better, looser, better. That's pretty amazing. Isn't it cool? Um, so this guy told me what's happening, it resets the vagus nerve. So it resets your peripheral nervous system, which a lot of times is where our fight or flight's kind of hanging out. It's our nervous system that went intensed, and we reset it, and it like releases us back down to our, just our relaxed, normal self. And I was like, wow, that's really useful. You know, if I'm feeling fearful and my body's tense and I check and there's nothing to be necessarily fearful about, then I go, oh, I could do those three kind of power breaths and release or three releasing breaths and release all that from my body and be right back down to my best self right here in the moment. Like that's one useful way to do it. Um, now, some of us, we get so caught up in what we're doing that like that doesn't even work. We're just stuck. Um, and so this one, if you're pregnant, don't do it. And if you have heart issues, do not do this one. But this other one, a little bit more of an aggressive way to do it. But if you did a three minute, this is going to be an icicle, ice cold shower. This just like knocks the fear out of you. <laughs> Or puts it in you. <laughs> or puts it, you know, the thought of it puts it into you. Right. The feeling of it knocks it out of you. Um, you know, I had someone come to me one time and she was in a really, really rough position. And I was like, we need to get you to a counselor or a therapist right now. Like the position you're in and the things you're talking about are not something for a coach to handle. <laughs> these, are, these are therapy issues. Like, let's get you there. Um, and she's like, I can, I'm stuck. There's nothing I can do. Um, I'm just so stuck. I'm just, uh, and I was like, okay, we're going to do something really quick. And this is, this is going to get you ready. And then we're going to go see someone who's professionally trained to help in this situation. Here's what we're going to do real quick. Um, you're going to go take a three-minute ice cold shower. <laughs> and she's like, no, I can't do this. This is ridiculous. My kids are here, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, listen, just go. Don't think, just get in there. 
She turned it on, she did it, she came back. And it was a different human talking to me when she called me back. She's like, I don't know what you just did, but I'm pretty sure you saved my life. And I was like, I didn't do anything. You decided to go do it. I just gave you a little flashlight in the right direction and said, hey, this is something that might help. You did it. So she went and did it, completely reset how she felt, completely reset her nervous system, completely cleared her brain and mind, which was caught up in all kinds of negative and crazy, you know, scary, crazy moment thoughts. Um, you know, she was close to making a permanent decision on a temporary feeling, which is not something people need to be doing. And therefore, we said, hey, you know, now that you're in a better place, let's go talk to someone who can help sort this out. She's like, I don't need to. I'm fine. I'm like, no, no, <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> Just because you feel better right now doesn't mean it's not a good time to talk to somebody. Now is a great time to talk to somebody. So we helped connect her with a professional and they took great care of her. And it's that thought though of in the moment, we had a tool that can instantly help her reset and get to a better place so that now she can make a better decision and take better actions to get back to a, a better moment of her life. Yeah. I mean, I feel so much better than I did 30 minutes ago. So much. Mm -hmm. I mean, we've done like two things already that, that have reset me. It's incredible. Mm -hmm. But, but how do we works, remember the work tools? Fast. Well, the good part is you don't have to remember anything with a three minute ice cold shower. Like you just turn it on <laughs> and get in. Uh, now the thing I'll promise you, your brain will lie more to you in the first 90 seconds of an ice cold shower than anywhere else in your life. It, you know, you'll get into the ice cold shower and it's like, I'm pretty sure that was three minutes. You're like, <laughs> I don't think it's even 16 seconds yet. And it's like, no, no, definitely four minutes. The timer's broken. You should get out and check. Like our brain comes up with more excuses to get out of cold water than anything I've ever experienced. <laughs> and so the key is the reason three minutes is in the first 60 to 90 seconds, you'll feel that like, <gasps> feeling. And if you've ever done like a polar plunge where you dive into the lake when it's cold, it cuts off the ability for our body to actually think, which is why it knocks the thought out of you, knocks the fear right out of you. And our body literally just runs to try to get out of the cold. Like we're not functioning. We're just like, we're scrambling for out. And so yeah. the same thing happens when you hit the ice cold shower, you step in and your body's like, Aah! and wants to just get out of there, but you just breathe. You breathe through the uncomfortableness of it. And within like 60 to 90 seconds, what happens is something weird. It feels like the water gets warmer. Yeah. But the temperature doesn't change. I've, t I've literally had people check the temperature. I'm like, this, I swear it got warmer. They're like, nope, still the same temperature. What happened was your body fires off your adrenals. And according to a lab in Stanford, Stanford Neuroscience Lab, it fires off your adrenals and it sets off all the positive benefits of fight or flight without the negative consequences. So it doesn't burn out your adrenals. It fires them without the burnout part, which is insane that they're still trying to figure that piece out, but it almost is like a muscle where it starts to strengthen them. Um, your eyes get more focused. Your, your body gets more centered and calm. Your mind is completely cleared. And all of a sudden you find almost like the superhuman version of yourself. Uh, there's a very, very good documentary on this. It's Vice. They did a documentary about Wim Hof, the Iceman. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it's amazing. They go into all kinds of detail about it and show a lot of the, the, the stuff around it. It's, it's absolutely amazing. It's so simple. But anyone can do it. It's very quick and easy. It's instant result. Um, and and it's, it's incredible. And there's lots of research coming out about it now where it's showing how beneficial it is in all these different ways. So, so one is the body. Um, two... I'll throw this back up here. Uh, we got to consider the emotions. Second place we can go. 
Now the emotions, let me see if I can draw this properly. No. So emotions, there's my little eyeball. Whatever you focus on, you feel. Yeah. If we were to take a moment right now and just do kind of a mental journey, think back to a time in your life when, I don't know if any of you guys, let me see. Did any of you, just by raise of hands, did any of you have someone in your family that laughs at their jokes, even though they're not funny? <laughs> That's me. I do this. <laughs> like, I'm that person. It's more funny to watch them laughing at their joke than the actual joke they told. Like you just, they, they tell the joke and you're like, oh dear. And then they start laughing and then you're like, now that part's funny. And then you start laughing because they're laughing at themselves, even though what they said wasn't funny. But like those moments and just right now by raise of hands or you can type in the chat box, how many of you had a slight change in how you feel just by thinking of that person in your life? Isn't that interesting? But if you literally looked around in your life, like what actually changed in your life? Nothing but we changed what you were focused on. If you could think back to a time in your life when you felt incredibly courageous, a moment that required you to stand up for something you believed in and to stand strong, even though it might've been uncomfortable in that moment, but it felt good. It felt just, it felt right because you knew you were doing the right thing in that moment. How many people can feel one of those? Isn't that nice? You know, I, I, silly, you know, a moment when you, you felt, oh, before silly, a moment when you felt deeply loved, appreciated, understood, and cared for, just where someone just got you. You ever have one of those conversations with someone where at the end you're like, where have you been my whole life? Like, wow, I feel like they just understand me. Like, you didn't even have to tell them all the details. They just get it. You ever have one of those? Aren't those beautiful? Now, the beautiful part is our brain and body and mind can experience all of these things at any moment. It just depends on the question we're asking and what we're choosing to focus on. And whatever we focus on, we feel. And this is kind of one of those really interesting situations because we just got to ask ourselves, what are we most consistently ask? What questions are we asking? What, what questions are we asking ourselves all day long? Because by the questions we're asking, it's causing us to focus on certain things. And whatever we focus on, we feel. And if you were to pick your top three emotions you want to feel more of, could we come up with a question that would help you experience more of that every moment of every day of your life? Let's say someone wanted to experience more happiness. Could they ask themselves, where's the joy in this moment right now? Where's the happiness? Where's the humor right now? Where's the fun in this moment? And our brain can literally keep looking until it finds it. And all of a sudden we feel it. We want to experience more love. Where's the love in this moment? Where's the beauty in this moment? You know, as we ask this question, all of a sudden, all of a sudden it's so powerful. It's like right there, you find it and you feel it. Now, I, I don't know how to draw courage. Uh, a lion. Now put a mane <laughs> and a tail. Perfect. <laughs> okay, we got a courageous lion down there with a smiley face. <laughs> so if you wanted more courage, if you wanted more courage, my goodness, when's a time in my life when I felt incredibly courageous? A time where I stood up for something I believed in, a time where 
you know, I just did what was right. And if you ask the question and you reflect on the moment, now, I think it was USC, it might've been Stanford. I don't remember which university it was, but we all talk about having like a gratitude list. I might've left out a T. Gratitude list, maybe not. Um, and we write down like, what are the top three things we're grateful for? Now, one thing this research study figured out was if you take just this top one and we describe it in detail, write a paragraph about it in detail, it amplifies the experience even more. So if we went back over here and said, when's a moment where I felt just tremendous joy and happiness in my life? And then we took that moment and we expanded on it in detail, all of a sudden it expands that feeling of joy in our mind and body. And then do the same thing for any of these. So ask the question to help you find it and then take time to write the paragraph to help you feel it even more. And you can instantly change how you feel. I now like on the that. flip side of this, there's lots of people and lots of stuff that say change how you feel. One of the most powerful things I was ever taught was a friend of mine that said, all emotions felt fully lead back to joy. I can buy that. At, that. at that moment I went, huh. Cause so often nowadays we try to change how we feel instead of experience what we feel. I was like, oh, and there's power to both. Sometimes we're in a position that we got to change how we feel so we can be effective in the moment. Yeah. Sometimes we're in the position that if we're constantly changing how we're feeling, we're running from what's real. And instead of running from what's real, sometimes we need to sit down and let it consume us. And as wow. it consumes us, instead of you know, being scared of it or dancing with it or trying to lower it or not feel it as much, turn up the volume. My grandma taught me this unknowingly. She never, it was never a lesson. It's just something that happened one time. I called my grandma. It's my dad's mom. Ring, 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 ring. She picked up the phone and this is all I heard. <gasps> I'll call you back. Click. And I was like, oh crap, who died? Like, right. oh my God. Like people don't pick up the phone like that and then hang up on you. Like something is really wrong. I mean, I was next three minutes, five minutes. I'm like, oh my gosh, what's going on? Texting people like, does anyone know what's going on? Like I, my world was upside down for literally five minutes while she was doing whatever she did. She called me back, ring, ring, ring. I'm like, oh my God, are you okay? She's like, yeah, honey, what's going on? <laughs> I was like, what in the world? Like, that's not the same human. And I said, are you okay? She goes, of course I'm okay. I'm like, it didn't sound like you were okay five minutes ago. She's like, oh, I was just working through something. I'm like, do you want to talk about it? She's like, no, it's gone. Like, what do you mean it's gone? And I was just like that curious grandkid that's now like poking, trying to figure out what in the <laughs> world is going on. Like, do I need to drive and see grandma today? What's going on? And she says, oh, I have this thing. When I feel emotions bubbling up inside, I take the kitchen timer, the egg timer, I put it on five minutes, I go in my room, and I try to experience 100% of the emotion at full intensity to really experience all of it. And she says, what happens is after five minutes, it always brings me back to joy. And I remember being like, hashtag grandma wisdom. 
Yeah, but why did she call you? That's what I want to know. <laughs> no, I called her. Oh, she you just called picked her. up the phone. Oh, oh, I got it. I got it. Sorry. I thought she called you. And that's why I was like, well, we're, uh, okay. That makes more sense. Yeah. It was one of those like, wow. Huh. And someone said something about my dad. I'm like, maybe that's where dad learned all this stuff. <laughs> She's pretty wise. And grandma, I'm like, wisdom. grandma wisdom. Like that was cool. You know, one and, of the things that um, I tell people, especially with children, is you, you mentioned, you know, asking the question, if, what you want, when you want more joy in your life, when you want more love, when you want more courage, is with children especially, because parenting is, is special, um, is to find the wonder in the moment. Mm. I like that word because sometimes the love is hard. <laughs> sometimes the patience is hard. But to find the wonder that is in an 11-year-old or in a 14-year-old or a 7-year-old, you can always find it. And that has been such a, a big shift in my parenting because it's really easy to get mired down in the not-so-wonder. Um, but when you think about you know, the fact that you've got an 8-year-old looking back at you and how wonderful that is and just what's going on in their mind and what their version of joy is and courage. It's, it's fascinating. So I like that word wonder if that's helpful for anyone. I love it. I'm going to write it down. Oh, <laughs> put it on your Add chart. It to my list. What does, it's on the chart now. What kind of um, drawing can we do with wonder? <laughs> a firework, mm. a flower. <laughs> I love it. And so there's the lion. The lion could be wonderful. The lion looks a little bit like a scrubbing bubble. <laughs> he does. He does. I'll get better at a lion okay. someday. It's okay. You can do it. <laughs> so if we had the body, you know, number one, we had the emotions. The only thing left is the mind. And so the mind, uh, it's highly dependent on what we feed it, what we feed our minds. I had a friend of mine who hired a success coach. I don't know if you guys are familiar, Bob Proctor. A friend yeah. of mine worked with him a long time ago as her coach, her personal coach. And when she worked with him, one of the things he had her do is the very last thing she would read before bed and the very first thing she would read when she wakes up in the morning were her vision and goals for life. And I was like, huh, why? And, and he said, because where else in our life do we get eight hours of uninterrupted focus to move towards and think about the things we want most? And I was like, that I get like, we're so busy nowadays with so much going on. And he said, but there's something key you need to do. If you're going to do that, you need to keep a journal right by the side of your bed. Cause there's a good chance at two in the morning, some nights you'll go, oh, I figured it out. And, and like your brain figured out something you were thinking about all night long. And it's amazing. Now I, I cross reverence that with like the quality of sleep and deep sleep and REM sleep and all this jazz and be like, does it mess up my sleep quality? So far it hasn't. But I do wake up randomly with little spurts of genius where I'm like, oh, I think I have the answer. <laughs> uh, now, reading my writing from a dark room in a journal that I couldn't see at two in the morning is way harder than I imagined it would be. <laughs> it's just True. like scribbles on a page. Uh, but the concept of it's pretty amazing because my dreams started to change. How I felt started to change. I woke up naturally with more energy in my mind and body. You know, any nightmares or crazy dreams kind of just went away. I was like, I, I didn't think you can control that part of your life. But apparently, whatever you're consistently feeding your mind, it'll subconsciously just go through all of it as you're sleeping, as you're dreaming. And so I now have dreams of like 
what my life will be like in the future. I'll wake up and be like, oh my gosh, I did it. Now I'm like, oh shoot, I'm not there yet. Like that, that was a dream. <laughs> uh, but, but it'll feel real because it took what was I'm thinking about and what I was listening to and, and reading to myself and, and it, all of a sudden it brings it to the imagination as you're sleeping. It becomes part of the dream. It's really amazing. And then in the morning, when you read it first thing in the morning, you're like, boom, I know what I need to go do. And you're all excited to go make stuff happen. It's really powerful. But it's what you feed your brain. And so one thing to feed our mind when most people are consuming things that make them fearful is, okay, this one, let's see if I can pull this off. Now that's either a smoking cauldron or a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. <laughs> Hopefully it's a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. Or a um, timpani. <laughs> that could be it too. Someone's doing a drum. <laughs> but uh, the, the key though, is if you focus on where you want to land up on the other side of that rainbow, the, other, the destination, the place where you want to go, the place where you want to land up or the, the, the piece where you want to move to, if that's what you're constantly focused. The, the, another person said, uh, kind of this example, where if it's a dark night and we're standing here, you know, and you're looking up, what would be your North Star? What would be that guiding light in your life that you'd be able to walk towards and move towards constantly throughout your lifetime? And if you're able to identify your North Star, it's the vision that's constantly pulling you in the right direction. It's even if you never got there, just moving towards it your whole life would make your whole life better. And so if you're constantly feeding your mind the vision of that North Star and or the destination you want to land at the end of the rainbow, either way, it's something that's causing your mind to be engulfed and encapsulated by all these thoughts and emotions of what you want to feel more of, what you want to experience, where you want to go. And it doesn't have any room to think about the things that you're afraid of or fearful or scared of. And so... You know, getting fear out of the body, using your breath in those cold showers, getting fear out of the emotions by replacing it with the questions of what you want to feel more of. And then, you know, using that gratitude list and expanding the thoughts, you feel them deeply. And then choosing to get fear out of the mind by flooding it with where you want to go and what you want to feel. So there's no room for the rest of the stuff. Okay. And all of a sudden in that case, you know, people elevate kind of from fearful People want to say fearless. I think fear can be a good thing because it's an indicator. It's an indicator that something might not be right. That's what fear is there for. But courageous is a much more powerful feeling. Now, courageous, you can feel the fear and navigate through it when you have deep courage. And so that courage is where we elevate to as we replace the fear from the body evaporate the fear from the emotions and replace the fear in the mind, all of a sudden we have this state of courage. Because after those breathing in that three-minute ice cold shower, you feel courageous. When you focus on what you love, what you're happy about, you know, things that are most important to you in life, you feel courageous because you want to stand up for those things you believe in. You want to experience more of that stuff. And all of a sudden when you're focused on where you want to go and it's a journey worth taking, you then have the courage to go on the journey. And it's like as all that unfolds, we elevate. And the neat part is that each one of us elevates. If you've ever walked in the room kind of feeling fearful, but then kind of noticed someone that was wildly courageous and certain and calm and confident, you ever have someone who like just them walking in the room made you feel better about the situation? 
<laughs> or worse. All, I mean, yes. There's certain people who walk in the room and it freaks everybody out. You know, <laughs> if the plane all of a sudden dropped 50 feet in the air and everyone's like, ah, and the pilot comes on and goes, so here's the thing, everyone, we're going to figure this out, but we just haven't had it nailed down yet. So uh, <laughs> buckle up, hold on. And I'm sure we'll, uh, we'll, we'll let you know something in the next 20 minutes. Anyways, hold on, folks. Going to get a little bumpy that would freak everybody out. You'd have people losing their minds in the back of that plane. That's not what the captain does. He would never say that unless he's going to get fired. But you know what the captain's trained to do is, ladies and gentlemen, no worries. We have this under control. I apologize about the bump. We just had something go on in the malfunction here. We will be on the ground safely shortly. Prepare yourself. Please fasten your seatbelts. Uh, let's go ahead and get this down to the ground. Real calm, real centered, real guided. Same thing. The neat part is when you can find your place or your way to this place, this courageous feeling, this centered, grounded, calm feeling, it almost gives people around you permission to find their way back to that place as well. And so I think one of the greatest gifts we can give to our friends, our family, the community around us right now is by training our mind and body to come to this centered, calm, grounded place. Because all of a sudden, just by the way we talk to other people, they start to find their way down to that calm, grounded center place. Just because, you know, we lead by example. Like we're just doing the work ourselves, finding our way to that place, and it naturally helps people get there. The other thing, we can share any of these tools with people. As long as they don't have a heart issue or they're pregnant, go take a three-minute ice cold shower. You'll feel way better. They come back, they're like, how'd you know that? It sounds, it sounds it's like you have some magic bag you just pulled out and dropped knowledge on them. It's like, no, no, it's simple, but it works and instantly gets a result. Or here, honey, do these breaths with me. I was at my little cousin's wedding and her mom, my aunt was literally like having a mini panic attack because her daughter was getting married and it was a big deal and things were going on. I'm like, come here for a sec, try this. And we did the three breaths. She was like, I feel so much better. Thank you. Walked right back out and everything went wonderful. And it's like they're little superpowers you can offer people as a gift any moment they need it and instantly help people get to a better place. I think that's something that's really needed right now. Yeah. Yeah. So I do a lot in the sobriety community as well. I'm four years sober. And so I have run a sobriety group and, and a lot of, you know, we're seeing a lot of people turning back to drinking during this time because, you know, as comfort as just that's the coping mechanism they've, they've known their whole life. And so I think these tools are great to kind of break the urge to drink because, you know, most of the time it's like, just don't drink right now. Don't drink this hour. Don't drink today and go to bed. And then tomorrow is a new day. And so do you have any other advice for that sort of situation where you're like, you've got to, a cold shower would be good, I think. But I wonder if there's like another like kind of snap out of it tool that you have um, for that kind of um, maybe struggle that, that's a little different than like, you know, yeah. how do I get more joy or love? Sure. I mean, biggest thing is support. It, it's, you know, according to Harvard, the people you hang out with determine how happy you are, how long you live and how much money you make in your entire life. Right. And so when people, and right now, um, I, I've seen two people who made a permanent decision on a temporary feeling in the last couple of days. And, um, you know, right now is one of the hardest times in people's lives because they're facing the scariest thing of their entire life, which is what's going on between their own ears. And, and it's a battle that some people have that's the hardest battle they've ever faced in their entire life. And it's the thing they run from the most. It's why they're always out. It's why they're always with other people. It's why they're always trying to be busy. It's why they're always trying to do a million other things. 
Um, and I've had multiple friends who are like healers and yogis and the most spiritual, powerful people you ever meet who've said the hardest thing they've ever done in their entire life is a thing called a Vipassana, which is a seven day silent retreat where you oh. sit there and do nothing for seven days in silence. And they were like, man, I thought I've done some hard things in my life sitting in silence for seven days. <laughs> I didn't know how much I had in my own head. Like that was scary. That sounds <laughs> and, like my own version of hell. <laughs> yeah, it was. And they were like, yeah. I cried. I laughed. I hurt. I, I healed. Like it, it was a journey that I could never imagined was there. And it was the wildest journey of my entire life having to go through that moment. And it, it, it's one of those things where it just, you don't realize what's there. I've done, I've done it only for two and a half days. And it's amazing. In the beginning, like you just realize how quickly your brain's trying to just like jump to stuff all day long. Um, after about a day, 24 hours, your brain is just like noticing things. It's like a bird, mm. <laughs> a flower, the wind. Like it's just I calling out random things. After about two days, there's kind of just a weird nothing. Like, huh, it's just quiet. And you become okay with quiet. Now, I've heard day four and five, stuff starts to bubble up from the volcano within. Um, <laughs> but day two seems rather peaceful. Uh, and I only made it two and a half days. So I got to the peaceful, blissful part without the chaos that comes next. Uh, but, but it was very powerful. It's just like, wow, that's, that's really beautiful. It's like you just start to experience here now this moment. Um, so one thing that I, I would tell people, honestly, if they're ever struggling, alcohol, drugs, addiction in any way, peer group. Have that yeah. person you can reach out to that's on the phone at any time, 24 hours a day that can support you through it. The person that, that is going to you know, talk you up or talk you down depending on what's needed. The person that can say, get your ass in a cold shower right now. Yeah. And you go, fine. And you come back and go, okay, I'm better. I'm going to bed. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. I mean, I have, I, have, I have someone in the group who keeps trying to leave. Like they'll leave the group and I will text them and say, I have put you back in the group. It's like Hotel California. You, you're not leaving. Sorry. And they get mad at me and it's okay. But I'm like, you are yeah. supportive. <laughs> yeah. You can't leave. <laughs> it's important. It's very important. And the other thing is helping them find someone or something that's worth doing it for. Yep. Um, and, and sometimes that's hard. I remember my dad did, was helping this lady who was suicidal and she just couldn't find a reason to live. And he went down the list and was like, okay, what about for your daughter? And he, she's like, I know it'd be so sad. And like, you know, wouldn't you feel bad if your daughter has to hold the casket and walk you down the aisle? She's like, yeah, that'd be horrible. And they just kept going. And like nothing would cause this lady to spark. And he was reading the form she filled out for the event and she got down to, she's a hardcore vegan. And she said, what if your daughter's new parents make her eat meat? <laughs> that did that, it. Watching by your faces, this lady went, no one will make my kid eat meat. <laughs> and, and, and all of a sudden this lady found her reason to live. Wow. And as wild as that sounds, it's taking a core value that's most important to her. And it's figuring out where it applies that causes the spark for her whole nervous system to light up with passion and power. And wow. 
It's finding the core value and it's finding the threads that attach to that core value. And it's saying, which one of these threads will cause the whole thing to spark? One of them will. You got to keep poking until you find the thread that just lights up the whole system. There's a beautiful book called The Values Factor by John Martini, And he talks about this. He talks about this concept of values. And if you use these values and you poke around enough within the values, you'll find the connection with the values that lights up your whole nervous system for action. Amazing. It's very powerful. Amazing. I used it in a real estate office. There was a lady who couldn't get herself to prospect. <laughs> She's like, I just don't want to come in and do the calls. I was like, it's just not who I am. It's not what I do. It's not my thing. I know I need to, but I'm not going to. And we went through this whole thing. And so I just said, okay, what's most important to you? Got up on the whiteboard and was like, tell me what's most important to you. She was like, my daughter, my health, being a good person, integrity, like these things. Oh, great. I was like, so obviously you could do it for your daughter. She's like, yeah, I know. Everyone tells me that. I'm going to do it for my daughter. And I'm like, <laughs> but you still don't want to do it, do you? I'm like, no. And I said, okay. How, what kind of life do you want your daughter to live? What kind of values, what, what kind of person do you want her to become in the world? Do you want her to become courageous? She says, yeah. Do you want her to be happy? Yeah. Do you want her to be healthy? Yeah. Do you want her to be strong and powerful? Yeah. Do you want her to be confident and creative? Yeah. Went through all the things she wished most. Put them in order. I said, okay. By you not doing this activity every day, is that, and remember, kids learn more by what you say or what you do? What you do. What you do. And I said, by her observing you, avoiding these things in your life, is that going to help her become less or more courageous in her life? And all of a sudden you can see on this mom's face go, huh. and I was like, oh, is it going to help her become more or less happy in her life? Is it going to help her become more or less powerful or strong in her life? And as we went down the list, it took us to like seven or eight till you could just see a visceral shift in this woman's face. And I got a letter, a little note, text from her, her boss that says this, she's been cold calling every single day since you've been at her office. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, because she found her reason why, but her reason why was not just because it's her top value. Her reason why was the seven or eight things she wanted her daughter to experience most in life. And by choosing to be an example of that and let her actions speak louder than her words, she's now helping guide her daughter to that place in life. And that connection is what caused the action, not just the thought of for my daughter. For my daughter didn't do anything. It was like, yeah, it's nice. But yeah. <laughs> when, when all that connected, all of a sudden it became something. It was the thread connected to the value that lit up the action. Nice. And so nice. that same thing with someone who's struggling, if you were to write down your top three values and then you were to take threads and just pull all the threads that connect to that top value, and if you get enough of them, eventually you'll find the combination where you just feel it up and you're ready to go. It's called the values factor. The values factor by John D. Martini. Well, Jared, tell us where everyone can find you so they can follow you and make sure to stay up to date on all your good stuff. Thanks. Yeah. Find me on Instagram. Um, we try to push out good content daily. Uh, we have a really simple mission. Get to the people who need us most at the moment they need it with the message they need. Um, I don't know who they are, where they are, what they're going through or, or what they need, but every day we push out good content, hope to find them at just that moment. Um, and we've been really blessed that we get little letters and notes from around the world of people saying like, I needed this. Thanks. Um, and, and the one that just shook my soul 
I, I got a handwritten letter from a, a soldier that had been deployed and she came home, had a horrible PTSD. And in the letter, she goes, you know, dear Mr. Robbins, uh, I'm a, I'm a soldier. I was deployed, came back. Um, I've had horrible PTSD symptoms every night for the last, you know, few weeks. I've had my fireman in my mouth wanting to pull the trigger and I, I can't find a reason to keep living. And someone gave me a copy of your book the other day and I read it and she just wanted to, she said, I just want to say thanks. It reminded me of why I want to keep on living. And I was like, oh, that's all I ever did. Like, right. That was the greatest success in the world just finding the person who needed it in that moment and somehow landing right in their lap with a thought that could be useful that could help bring them back to a great place. Well, I know I needed this today, so I am extremely grateful to you. And from the looks on everyone else's face, I think they could use it too. And this will go out on the podcast and on, on uh, YouTube. So rest assured others will hear it too. So thank you so much for your time. I'm very, very yeah, grateful. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you for everyone for showing up and, and let me share with you guys. All right. Take care, Derek. Thank you. Thank you for joining me on this episode of The Same 24 Hours. Remember to rate, review, and share this podcast. It really matters. I appreciate it. See you next time.